This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. You're not good at everything. I'm sorry to tell you, it's just true. (laughs) But you think that's a problem. And why do you think that's a problem? Well, for all the reasons, because being bad at something feels bad, because many people need many things from you, because if you're not good at everything today, then you worry that your options are limited tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be good at everything. In fact, it's better if you're not. Today, I am going to help you become even more valuable by not doing everything. And I'm going to start by introducing you to someone who learned this in the largest possible way by giving up one of the biggest jobs in the world. All right, ready? Here's the scene. The year is 1999. Mark Randolph is the CEO and co-founder of a startup called Netflix. And, you know, some people had heard of Netflix, but it is not back in 1999 what we know of it today. It is just a little bitty thing, and it is struggling to grow. And Mark, the CEO, cannot figure out why. Then one day, Mark gets a knock at his office door, and it's his co-founder, a guy named Reed Hastings. And he asks if he can show Mark a PowerPoint presentation. So Mark says, sure, and Reed begins. At first, Mark told me in an interview I did with him for Entrepreneur Magazine a couple years ago, at first I couldn't quite understand what was happening, he said. That's because this was not a usual PowerPoint presentation. It was kind of about Mark, being shown to Mark. Eventually, Mark got it, though. The PowerPoint presentation had a message, and the message was this. Mark should step down as CEO, and Reed, who is making this presentation should take his place. That's not an easy thing to hear, (laughs) to put it mildly. And I asked Mark how he had processed this. And he said, I remember sitting in the dark for quite a long time while the office slowly shut down around me. Then I remember driving home and sitting on my back porch with my wife, having a glass of wine and talking this through, and recognizing that although it was incredibly painful and disappointing, Reed was right. That's what Mark said. And why was Reed right? Well, this would be the revelation that changed Mark's life and that I really want you to absorb because I have heard so many leaders and so many brilliant, accomplished people go through some version of this. Tell me the version of this for themselves. And it is always revelatory and liberating, even as it sounds like a kind of form of failure. So, okay. Mark dreamed of being a big-time CEO. He dreamed of being the guy who can grow a company into the billions. But frankly, as he was discovering at Netflix, he was not good at doing that. (laughs) It's why Netflix was stuck. But that's not to say Mark was useless. What I truly loved was the early stages, he told me. That's what he said. And he says, I'll be modest here. It's what I'm actually good at. Now, this is, if you think about it, 
exactly what Mark had already done at Netflix. He was already the guy who had applied his genius at the early stages of a company. This was two years into Netflix. He had turned an idea for a crazy, disruptive entertainment company into a reality. It existed. That is hard work, and he did it well because that's what he is excellent at. But he wasn't the guy to grow it into a billion-dollar company because that's someone else's skill set. That's what someone else is good at. So this meant that Mark had a choice. He could either be an amazing version of his amazing self, or he could be a mediocre version of someone else. Mark chose to be amazing. He stepped down as CEO and he went on to a career helping early stage startups, which is to say that Mark Randolph now wakes up every day doing the thing that he is best at, which sounds, I have to say, pretty damn good. And you can do that too. So let's think about Mark's story and how it can be applied to you. Mark's story can be shortened like this. He discovered his limitations and it helped him recognize his strength. Now, okay, think about what you're struggling with right now and then ask yourself three questions. Ready? Number one, why am I not excellent at this? I'm using excellent on purpose here, by the way. The NBA all-star Chris Bosh once told me, we don't work to be average. And it's true, we work to be excellent because excellence gives us purpose and excitement and excellence is worth sharing. I mean, other people deserve our excellence. So why are you not excellent? There can be many reasonable answers to this. Maybe you're learning something new. Maybe you're exploring or building. I'll do another obnoxious name drop here. Ryan Reynolds once told me, you can't be good at something unless you're willing to be bad. Actually, already included that on another episode of Help Wanted because it's so good because it's true. It's true. Excellence takes time and it is hard and that's okay. If your new pursuit satisfies and excites you, then please keep going. But if you don't have a good answer to the question above, to the question of why am I not excellent at this, then it's time to ask the second question. Question number two, is it because I'm excellent at something else? Now, this sounds obvious, but in the moment, it doesn't feel obvious. It sure didn't to Mark. Maybe the answer is right in front of you, or maybe it's not. Either is fine. I have gone through a version of this myself. So for most of my career, I aspired to be a celebrated magazine features writer because from most of my career, I was in national magazines. I was an editor at national magazines. And I dreamed of being the person who everybody really paid attention to, which was not the editors. It was this small group of incredibly accomplished journalists, these writers who write regularly for the New Yorker or the New York Times Sunday Magazine or whatever. And they're big award-winning investigative articles get turned into movies and they're buzzed about by all the big-time journalists on Twitter and I knew all their names and I read all their stories, but I never achieved any of that. And oh, I tried. I really tried. I, I wrote a lot of magazine features <laughs> and they were received fine, but no awards, no movie deals. The New Yorker never called. And deep down, I understood. I understood what was happening. It was this. I was perfectly good at that work, but I was not excellent. And that hurts. So, all right, 
that's the revelation. Time for the third question. What would happen if I just did the thing I'm excellent at? You know, nobody ever said Shaq was a terrible basketball player because he couldn't shoot three-pointers. No, Shaq was amazing because he did a few things very, very well. And that was it. And that was enough. So try this thought experiment. Ready? Just think about this for a second. Let's say that you know what you're excellent at. How much of your day is spent doing that? What is it? 20%? 50 if you're lucky? You know, if your numbers are low, uh, you are not alone. I actually just posted at the time of us recording this episode of Help Wanted, I had just posted a poll on LinkedIn asking people this exact question. Uh, and the answer is pretty fascinating. So uh, here it is, ready? Um, so far, as I'm reading this to you, there have been 294 votes. Uh, fair representation. All right, I had asked, you're great at something, but how much of your day is spent doing it? 56%, more than half, 56% of people said a little, a little of their day is spent doing the thing they're great at. 17% said about half the day is spent doing what they're great at. And only 27% said a lot of the day is spent doing what they're great at. So that's a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, significantly more than half of people who are not spending the majority of their days doing the thing that they think they're best at. So now, what would it look like if you increased that number for yourself? What would it look like if 80% of your day was spent doing what you are excellent at? I bet that sounds good. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So, all right. How do you make it happen? I mean, you got to work backwards from it, right? Like, If you're spending 80% of your day working on what you're excellent at, then what had to happen in order for you to get there? All sorts of stuff. Maybe you had to make a major change. Maybe you had to do your job differently. Maybe you just had to start offloading work that was taking you away from your excellence. Maybe you just 
you just start to see the pathway towards maximizing yourself. Or maybe this isn't possible for you right now. That's also fine. I mean, not all of us are Mark Randolph who can just like say, oh, you know what? Reed's right. I guess I should step down as CEO of this company. Not all of us can do that, but we can build a bridge there. We can work backwards and think to get there tomorrow, what needs to happen today? And what if you simply don't know what you're excellent at? That's okay too. That's fine. You don't have to know what you're excellent at right now. That just means it's time to think deeper. Uh, I mean, like I said, I am not an excellent magazine investigative features writer, despite really, really trying to be. But years ago, as I thought about it, I realized something. I realized I am excellent at something underneath that. I am an excellent communicator. And magazine features were just one way that I tried expressing that skill. So what else can I do with that? And I didn't really know, but I thought I'll just keep trying and trying different things and experimenting and exploring. And this gave me the freedom to explore the kind of work that I do for you right now. And I do it in all sorts of ways. You hear me on Help Wanted, but I write this way in Entrepreneur Magazine. I have this newsletter called One Thing Better, which which actually the, the episode that you're hearing right now is drawn from. It's drawn from an edition of that newsletter. You can find it at onethingbetter.email. Just type that into a browser, onethingbetter.email. It's a weekly email. I always offer one way to improve your work. Anyway, this kind of work for me, it did not come naturally at all. I, I, I didn't know what I had to say at first. It's like I wanted to be helpful to people and I didn't know how. I didn't know what my perspective was. And then once I started to figure it out, I had so much imposter syndrome around, will anyone take me seriously? It also required an emotional break with the work that I had done before because I had spent all this time thinking of myself as, 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 as wanting to do this other kind of work. And now I had to think I am no longer that thing I identified with, but I'm making room to become something better. Also, I will tell you, and maybe this is just my own hang-up, maybe nobody in my industry would validate this for me, but I'll tell you how I feel, which is that I'm pretty sure that a lot of the people who I once wanted to impress at places like the New York Times and the New Yorker and whatever, that they do not take this kind of work that I'm doing seriously. I think that they see it as, oh, just another like advice person on the internet, which is very different from the story journalism that's happening. I mean, I, this is, this is true. I don't even, I, I don't know if I should even say this kind of stuff because maybe it just sounds like I'm being petty, but whatever, this is the truth. I, uh, there's a, I won't name it, but there's a podcast that like all the all the journalist people listen to, all the, all the magazine people listen to. And uh, it's a podcast where they interview, they do these, in-depth interviews with very accomplished magazine writers. And I had been listening to this show for years, and I know a lot of the people who were interviewed on this show, and, and I have met and have mutual friends with the host of this show. And I reached out to them about a year ago, and I said, hey, I'd love to be a guest on this show and talk about this other way of writing because I think that journalists often think that there's only one way to do this kind of work and only one way to apply the skills that they've developed. And I don't think that's true. I've actually found this other work that I find really meaningful now. And you know what? 
They didn't even respond. I emailed multiple times. They totally got it. They totally got that email. They didn't even respond to me. <laughs> but you know what? Who, who cares? Who cares? Because you know what got me through this? Because once I started doing this, once I started exploring what I was excellent at and getting through all of the barriers and walls and hangups around it, once I started writing and communicating and speaking to people like this, like you're hearing now, earnestly, directly, helpfully tapping into a part of myself that I'd never let fully bloom, people sent me long personal notes about how it impacted them. Nobody did that when I was just a magazine writer. And that matters. It is an incredible gift helping people like this. And it feels, in a word, excellent. So let's maximize you. I asked Mark Randolph if he has advice for others, and he said he does. He said, if people are looking for what success is, then spending your day doing the things you love, that's success. Success is not doing everything, in other words. It's doing something, something meaningful, something purposeful. You know who just took that advice? It's a reader of my newsletter who I'm going to call Susan. So Susan had read uh, another edition that I wrote, which was about how to feel better quitting something, and it forced her to confront a reality. She had built a business. She, 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 as she wrote me, she was the founder of this business. She had built a business that she loved for a long time. But as it evolved, it took her further away from the work that she was most passionate about. And she wrote me and she said, if I'm not fulfilled or inspired doing the thing that lights me up, then am I really even doing my best work? And so, prompted by my email, she talked to her team and decided to close the business. She wants to get back to basics, to the thing she loves and the thing she's excellent at. And she wrote me this. It's so, so great. She wrote me, and I feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Magnificent, buoyant, elated, free, like the creative floodgates have reopened, and in 72 hours, my imagination and delight has returned. That is what happened when she read my work, the work that for a while I felt great imposter syndrome over, the work that I, maybe I'm alone, but think that my former peers probably looked down upon. She read that. She made a major decision in her life. It helped her. And, I mean... How do you compare that? And without knowing it, by the way, Susan did a version of what I had suggested just a few minutes ago with these three questions to ask. She had asked why she was not excellent at her work. Then she asked if she was excellent at something else. And then she asked what would happen if she only did the things she was excellent at. And then, most importantly, she took that answer seriously. Forget everything. The world does not need you to do everything or to be everything. The world needs the thing you're amazing at. So do it or hone it, or at least give yourself permission to search for it or inch your way towards it because it is there waiting to be activated to become potent, extra strength, the iron core, the red hot magma, the pure essence of excellence, the thing that makes you exactly who someone else needs. And when you devote yourself to it, as Susan found herself, you will finally feel magnificent and buoyant and elated and free. 
Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon.